Christmas is the beginning of. And one of the most things that people probably recommend, rec- recognize, people think about Christmas is Christmas traditions. And Christmas is a time of many different traditions. Uh, we have the, you know, uh, things like the Christmas tree, we have presents, we have Christmas cards, and perhaps you are the kind of family who on Christmas morning will wake up, you will go downstairs, you will open all your stocking presents, but leave your main Christmas present till after lunchtime. Maybe you're that kind of a family. Or maybe you're the kind of family who, as soon as it hits dawn, you run downstairs, you open all your presents, and then eat all the chocolate as well. Maybe you're that kind of a family. Maybe you're the kind of family who have turkey every year, regardless of whether you like turkey or not. You always must eat your Brussels sprouts. Can I just do a quick vote? Who here likes Brussels sprouts? I'm in this. Right, okay, a lot of people. Good. Yeah, they were very delicious, but... I find, I, you know, my mum and dad's pastor of their church, they buy just three Brussels sprouts, or four Brussels sprouts, so they can have two each. Even though they both don't like Brussels sprouts, they say it's not Christmas unless we have Brussels sprouts on the plate. I'm like, it's very good. Um, but that's, maybe you're the kind of people that always have turkey. Or maybe you're the kind of people who think, actually, we never have turkey because we want to be different. A friend of our families, one year they decided they were going to be different. They had a Chinese takeaway for their, for their Christmas lunch. That's a different kind of t- uh, tradition right there. But, you know, there's so many different traditions around Christmas. And I just thought I'd tell you about a few of them. Um, so, the one that's got an interesting past is the candy cane. There's a couple of stories where this tradition comes from. And one story, don't worry, I'm not going to... There is a story where I once did a sermon on the candy canes and said something accidentally very wrong. Um, But I'm not doing that one today. The story goes, there's two stories. There's one about a baker in America who wanted to make some candy, oh, sorry, candy maker, and therefore made it. But the one I like is this. A story says that a choir master in 1670 was worried about the children sitting quietly through the long Christmas nativity service. I know that feeling. So he gave them something to eat to keep them all quiet. As he wanted to remind them of Christmas, he made it into a J-shape, like a shepherd's crook, to remind them that the shepherds visited the baby Jesus at the first Christmas. However, the first story of candy canes comes about 200 years later. So although it's a nice story, it possibly isn't true. But I do like that idea. The second one that I really like, or found funny, was mistletoe. We all know we get the mistletoe and we kiss under the mistletoe. And this goes back many, many years. And the funniest bit of this is that actually the word mistletoe um, originates from Norman Saxon English, or Norman Saxon, and the translation comes from two words. The first word is mistle, which means dung. And the second one is not toe, as you would think. It's um, dung and tan 
which means a stick or a twig. So it's kind of hardly romantic kissing under a poo stick, is it? You know, <laughs> let's be truthful. And Christmas crackers, London sweet maker Tom Smith invented Christmas crackers in the late 1840s, inspired by a traditional paper-wrapped French bombard. And even though he included the mottos and riddles inside of each one, it wasn't until he found a way that, to make them crack that it, the sales took off. However, his sons Tom, Walter and Henry later added hats and novelty gifts. So that's some of where Christmas traditions come from. And there's many more, and you can look them up on the internet. It's great. It's a great resource now, the internet. You can find out all why traditions began. And I always think, there must be someone. And being it's the first year that I'm married, you know, um, Joe and I are having the pleasure of starting to look at our traditions. So we've already got now a very nice knitted... Thank you to Carol. Uh, a very nice knitted nativity ca- uh, calendar that we can use each year. And we've t- you know, thought, oh, this is nice, setting all our lovely traditions. So for us, it's very much the beginning of new Christmas traditions. But let's go back a, a little look. What else Christmas is the beginning of? Christmas is the beginning of a new timeline. And the birth of Christ was so influential on the world that it's a new way that we start reporting time, because before that we have BC, which means before Christ, and then AD, which is Anno Danamani, which means in the year of our Lord. So Jesus' birth becomes central to not just Christians, but it becomes central to our history, to our lives, to the world. And it was, this was no ordinary birth of an ordinary child. It was something extraordinary. So much that historians begin to use it as to change the history itself. So let's look at some things that Christmas can be. Christmas can be the beginning of a new relationship. You see, before this point, man and God had a problem. And the problem was that man had sin. Sin is all the wrong things, all the wrong things that we think, all the wrong things we say, all the wrong things that we do. We all have this problem, every single one of us. And by that very definition, each one of us is guilty of doing wrong things. Because I'm sure if we were to take a look at your life, there would be not one person that hadn't ever thought something wrong. There wouldn't be one person who had ever not said anything wrong. Or there wouldn't be one person who'd never done anything wrong. And so by definition, we're all guilty. The Bible puts it this way in Romans 3 verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. You see, God on the other hand is absolutely perfect. He is incredibly perfect. He has no sin inside of him. He is awesome and incredible. And then on the other hand, there's mankind who've got things wrong and fallen short of the standard. And this thing called sin created a barrier between God and mankind. And before the first nativity, there was no way, there was nothing that could be done to restore fully back that full friendship. So to help, to illustrate this a little bit, I'm hoping this is going to work. You know when I try things for the first time, it's always good fun. So here we have two lovely cylinders with some silk scarves through it. Here we go. And you see, that's the problem. It, these silk scarves are a barrier from the bottom to the top. It's a barrier. My candle here can't go through it because there's a barrier. And that is what sin is like between God 
and mankind. There's a barrier in the middle. But God was desperate to sort this out. He was desperately wanted a friendship with mankind. So he set into place a rescue plan for mankind. So God sent his one and only son to the earth as a baby. And Isaiah 7 verse 14 says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel means God with us. And in that very first Christmas, in that manger, was a baby who was wholly human and wholly God at the same moment in time. It was incredible. God himself had stepped down from heaven to sort, begin to sort out mankind's problem. But that baby didn't say a baby. He grew up to be a man. That man would heal the sick. He would reveal a new side of God. A God who was loving and caring and compassionate about mankind. A God who was desperate for a friendship and a relationship with mankind. A God who was there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. That man was the light of the world. So, here we have my silk scarves. My lovely silk scarves. My two containers. What I'm going to do is I'm going to just put this through here like this. At this point, you're all like, what is he doing? Yes, I am slightly crazy. It's okay. There we go. It's really difficult to get through the hole. My fingers are a bit too... There we go. Excellent. There's the hole. So now we've still got our barrier between us and God. And Jesus was the light of the world. So I'm going to light this candle to help me remember that Jesus is the light of the world. Okay, here we go. This is the first time for trying everything. Jesus is the light of the world. I've just lost my place. It's okay. I will find myself... Uh, where was I? Jesus. Oh, there we go. This man, Jesus, was the light of the world. And he began to bring light into the world. Breaking through the darkness and depression and sin and all that things. Because you see, this baby in the manger grew up to be a man that was crucified on the cross. And the reason... He was crucified on the cross was to take all the punishment for you and all the punishment that I deserved. And he took it all upon himself. And by doing that, if we turn to him and say sorry for all the wrong things that we have done, he created a path through sin so that we can now have a relationship with the Father God in heaven. And so no matter what, he is the way and created, don't spill wax on the thing, he created a way for mankind once again. He dealt with the barrier 
once and for all so that you and I can enter into a relationship with God the Father. However, it's our choice whether we enter into that relationship or not. It's something that each one of us has to choose. And so my last thing is Christmas can be the beginning of a new life. And this Christmas, you can start a brand new life with a brand new relationship. The Bible tells us that when someone puts their faith in God and their trust in Jesus and makes him Lord and Saviour of their life, that means we allow him to, make, to, to help us make the right choices of how we should live our lives. Instead of following it by our own rules and our own ideas what led us to disaster in the first place, we choose to make him Lord, that we are like a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. When Jesus came and we say sorry for all the wrong things that we've done, He comes and he does something amazing. He takes our sin, the wrong things we've done, and he deals with it once and for all. That was supposed to disappear, but never mind. He takes all our sin, all the wrong things we've done. And there's no longer a trace of that sin because he deals with it fully and completely. We're no longer the same person because he transforms our lives from something that once we were to something new. Does that mean that everything in life will be rosy and comfortable? Well, the truth is no. But it does mean that each and every day you wake up, you can have hope. You can have peace and joy in your life. No matter your worldly circumstances, no matter what else has happened in that day, you can know that God is with you. Emmanuel is with you. That baby Jesus is still alive and he's here today. And he can be with you each and every moment, helping you through those and bringing the joy that only he can bring. Because it's not a joy that goes away by what, like being happy. Oh, look, I'm happy. But we really feel sad inside. It's a joy that comes from deep within. Because the hole that was once in our life has now been filled. Isaiah verse 9 verse 6 says this. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's what Jesus came to bring. Jesus came to be the Prince of Peace for your life. He came to be that peace that nothing ends. So how do you start this journey of a new life? of a new relationship with asking him to come and take control. Asking him to become Lord of your life and your decisions. So I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to do this. 
So I wonder if everybody could just close their eyes. And I'm going to read a prayer. And if you want to do this this morning, make this prayer your own. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and have done things wrong. I ask for you to forgive me. I believe that you died for my sin and rose again from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk.